Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm D. Paul Thomas, actor, playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America right here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and joining me all the way from the left coast, but always entering stage right, is my co-host, the wonderful actor and director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie. And a very good day to you, Philip. How is everything going out in beautiful, but as we well know, crazy Los Angeles? Yes, we we are living in a sponge <laughs> with with <laughs> with the wet. Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be quick. A couple of uh, fun things happened uh, uh, this morning. Gus and I are walking, and with the time change, it's not dawn yet. It's still pitch black. And I looked out down in the sky, and just above the horizon was a sliver, meaning a rising, but a, a sliver rising moon, meaning it was large, just the yeah. sliver, and it was a deep yellow. And it made me think of the great group, the Neville brothers out of um, New Orleans, and they had, had this great tune on, as you know, one of their greatest hits called Yellow yeah. Moon. And, and that's the first oh. thing I thought of this morning. It looked absolutely fantastic. <laughs> And uh, I vaguely, I vaguely remember that song. Yeah. How, how, how did the melody go? Down? Oh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't do it justice. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I couldn't okay, do it justice. Okay. And, another, yeah, and another little quick thing the other, the other morning, uh-huh. Gus and I in the dark are walking again, and he gets around one of the big camphor trees across the street and he's sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. What is that? So I just happen to look up and I say, Oh, it's a cat. No, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not a cat. Because it turned sideways and had a snout. And, yeah. Oh, that's a possum. And then two feet from it down the branch was another possum. Ooh. And they're looking yeah. down at Gus. They're just looking down there. And I say, okay, honey, let's go. It's time to go. <laughs> so so, uh, so it, it, it was great to see these. And these weren't baby possums. These were, these were two these were oh, yeah. two uh, king size possums. So, yeah, yeah. So, they can get big, and I hear on occasion they can get aggressive. You, they can get very aggressive. Uh, when we first yeah. moved into our house, we didn't have we we failed to see that uh, uh, there were places they could get in under the house, and oh. I had to deal uh, crawling under. This is a thousand years ago when I could still crawl um, <laughs> to go in, and there were a possum, you know, a, a mother with her babies. Oh, my God. So I, I'm, I'm an old hand at possums, <laughs> but I hadn't seen them in a long time until these, yeah, two, right. the, until these two spooky guys the other, the other yeah. day, or guys, gals, whatever. But um, yeah. moving what on. What else is happening moving out there? Moving on to in, uh, uh, crazy California. Cal- you know, cra- yeah. Who who am I going to talk about? It has to be Gavin Newsom. Now, I think a lot of... Giddy Bean. Yes, I think a lot of our listeners... um know, uh, and especially in our country, about the the failure of the uh, um, um, Silicon Valley Bank uh, last oh, yeah. last week, and another one failed after that, and there are other ban- the, the banking system is quite tenuous at the moment. Well, here's the funny thing that happened. It just happened coincidentally. Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. had been lobbying the White House and Treasury Department on the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. It's in California. It's based in California. <gasps> Except right. he did not disclose that his three mm-hmm. private wineries... Mm-hmm. Are part of are the bank's clients. 
And they had, yeah. and that he also had might very possibly have a lot of personal accounts at the bank. His mm-hmm. wife uh, is is connected with a with a uh, uh, a quite substantial financial uh, charity, charity connected yeah. to the bank. And this right. is this is so. But but this was not disclosed. But here's what uh, here's what uh, uh, Newsom put out. He said uh, the administration has acted swiftly and decisively to protect the American, meaning yours, pal, economy. He says on our small businesses that can now make payroll, workers who will get their paychecks, on affordable housing projects that can continue construction, and on nonprofits can keep their doors open tomorrow, and ensuring our innovation yeah, economy yeah, yeah. can continue to grow well you know as most people who who bank know that you have a certain amount of money that is under the fdic which means it is insured but a lot of people in this bank had investments in things that are way above what the quarter is, of a million dollars the quarter yeah. of a million dollars or five hundred thousand, yeah. i think for a family something like that and he yeah. has all of this personal stuff, which, first of all, is illegal. And guess what? Nobody says anything. Well, la-di-da. He, he, he lobbied yeah. about it, and but it has all to do, or a lot to do, and substantially to do with him and, and his uh, stuff. So that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's our boy this week. Well, and yeah, and again, just an utter lack of transparency on his part, oh, you know, uh, I mean, not a, not a word, just, oh, we're, we're, we're going to help all these poor people. And by the way, they're not poor. And by the way, I'm right in the middle of the mix. That's right. I mean, uh, John China, Mr. John China, 27 year old veteran there at SVB. He's president of the investment banking arm, and he was a founding member of Jennifer Newsom's nonprofit, the California Partners Project. I mean, it is the incestuousness of it is fairly astounding, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Philip, it's hard for me to get excited about it. I'll tell you why. A great portion of Indiana is in mourning today, in case you don't know this. No, As no. number one seeded Purdue Boilermakers were beaten by the number 16 seeded Farley Dickinson Knights in the first round of the NCAA playoffs. Can you believe that? That's not the one that Kamala Harris came in and gave a, 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 oh. a speech to the <laughs> team that lost by 30 oh. points. That's, that's not, you guys are more substantial. Uh, the uh, the boilermakers. I know you, you you guys are up there in the uh, in the NCAA. <laughs> well, for- oh man, but we we got whipped yesterday, and everybody is uh, wondering this, this how state yeah, is no, in mourning. Oh yeah, it really, it really. I, is. I, I understand the sporting aspect of uh, of uh, it's always amazing in sports how how much uh, depending upon who you are and what the sport is, how much we invest. In sports, oh. you know, in your yeah. team, whether it's yeah. basketball, you know, um, well, it, better it's, the, be, it's amazing. It's amazing how yeah, we all and, do that. And better, better, better this than the Lions at the Coliseum. You know what this, I'm saying. We've this, come up. This is true. Thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down is very different than not making that three pointer at the buzzer. <laughs> oh, their oh, their 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 three point uh, Purdue. I think was literally on three points five for twenty six. Oh. 
Yeah, no. That'll could, lose uh, you. <laughs> that'll lose you, along with 15 turnovers. Combine those two, and there are the Farley Dickinson Knights. Hats off to them. Purdue, you got next year. You're going to come back strong. But there is going to be some reviewing of what's going on, and we're reviewing not only uh, Governor Newsom's lack of transparency today, Philip, but something that's been going on, and it's serious in nature, an academia that has gotten very little attention. But as uh, uh, Jacob Savage reports again in the wonderful tabletmag.com in a February 28th article, The Vanishing, the erasure of Jews from American life, suddenly, everywhere you look, the Jews are disappearing, he writes. And that leads us into our main topic, Philip, the disappearing Jew. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about it. Well, you mentioned uh, academia. Academia is just uh, part of it. Uh, yep. it it's it's it, over the last uh, twenty years, probably even more so, much more precipitously in the last six seven years uh, in academia, Hollywood, Washington, even New York City, which is you know, a substantial Jewish population has been for a long time. And where, where American Jews once made their mark, the, the influence is rapidly uh, declining, um, mm-hmm. where uh, Jewishness, uh, Jewish uh, success was once upheld as a sign of America's strength and progress over its prejudices. Uh, now... Getting back into our DEI world, Jewish yes. overrepresentation. This is interesting. The way this uh, person uh, puts it in the article is again yeah. something. Their Jewish re- overrepresentation is something to be solved, not mm. celebrated. So, what do we mean here? In, in, in the last uh, uh, tenure track professors, many of whom. Uh, 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 have been Jews over the years. They're getting less and less and less and less. As an example, um, uh, just 4% of the elite American academics under 30 years old are Jewish, compared to 21% of baby boomers. The Hmm. steep decline of Jewish editors at the Harvard Law Review down roughly 50% in less than 10 years. So, but it's not just there. Museum boards... um, um, museum boards uh, 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 are, are all of a sudden someone, someone, someone. They get a Jew to resign to to mm-hmm. put someone of uh, BIPOC, I guess, in there, and Guggenheim yeah, fellowships and uh, MacArthur fellowships, uh, uh, um, institutions that have traditionally had, and the reason being, Jews have always have always been very. Uh, involved in the world of art and politics, it's it's sure. it's just something in in the culture, and uh, and what's what's interesting is uh, that this person, uh, um, I'm sorry, who wrote the article? Uh, uh, Savage, uh, Savage, uh, Mr. Savage. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. uh, talked about you know, it, it, you know. I'll let me let me uh, uh, back up a little bit. There's something mm-hmm. I believe going on in the Jewish community that they're they're not seeing this. This is something that is happening right under their nose, I believe, and that they are either not seeing it or are in denial 
that that they are being um, in many ways erased. As an example, today American Jews watch with solemnic bemusement at the Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard which is being argued before the Supreme Court. And that's the, uh, and that's the case we sympathize. The, the, that's the case with Asian-American plaintiffs who are suing Harvard for using admissions criteria that discriminate against them based on their race. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the same thing is starting to happen to the Jews. Uh, on you know uh, on, as as I just said you know Jews have always uh, fancied themselves as this author says Mr Jacobs to be high caste members of a beneficent elite but what they're not noticing is yeah. the diversity equity and inclusion world that is being now used as a cudgel to exclude certain groups of Americans including Asians and Jews and well, that, yeah. sir, go yeah. ahead go, yeah. and, and by no, the way one, just, one final one final thing, the the, yeah. the anti defamation league which used to be sort of the uh, uh the the uh, I guess the elite um organization to protect Jewish rights, that's gone. I mean, it still exists, but that is now uh, been co-opted by the left and is not doing uh, Jews any good at all, I believe. Yeah. But were you yeah. going to say something? Well, no, I was just uh, underscoring, you know, what, what you just said, um, how, how it's being, you know, uh, used now. And we're talking again here about the DEI the, the the numbers though are just amazing. You'd have to go back six years to find a single Jew on Variety's annual list of ten directors to watch. Uh, imagine all the Sundance writers, directors, the Labs, NBC, Paramount, Disney uh, writers, the apprenticeship programs, zero, zero. It seems not being Jewish is actually a primary qualification. So much, he writes, uh, Jacob Savage, so much for Jewish control of Hollywood. And he points out how in uh, Damien Cazell or Chazelle's uh, Babylon, which apparently was a huge epic epic flock, I've just seen trailers for it, It it looks awful, about Hollywood's golden age, the director follows an ahistorical Mexican studio executive savage rights and an Asian-American lesbian rather than any of the real Jewish moguls or screenwriters or directors of the era. Can you imagine? Well, uh, and, I, I think we might have, meant, uh, might have mentioned this uh, some months back that the, uh, the, uh, the museum, the Hollywood Museum, uh, the, the museum uh, dedicated to the founding of, of, of Hollywood, yeah. um, barely mentions any of the Jews. And it was the Jews, Samuel Goldwyn, the, the, the Warner Brothers, uh, uh, you know, the people who, uh, uh, Thalberg, the people who created this business, it's almost as if they didn't exist because yeah, they, no. it, because yeah. they are inconvenient to the, to the narrative of our time. That is exactly to, uh, correct. And Savage goes on to say this, uh, and it underscores everything you presented to us, Philip. Uh, he writes 20 years ago, if Pat Robertson, and yes, he, Pat Robertson, the evangelical uh, Yale graduate spokesperson on his own show. If he spoke along these lines, 
making the same complaints about the same people and industries and institutions, there would have been a rush to condemn him as anti-Semitic. Today, it passes for social justice. And therein is the catch-22, you see, for the liberal progressive Jew. All of this is coming under that moniker of equity, of social justice. And in reality, it's pushing meritocracy. It's pushing those who have labored and deserve, yes, not just some kind of a a rigid ratio in relationship to positions, but those positions based on the work and the, and the service and the merit that they have achieved. You know, I went to North Central High School here in Indianapolis. We had more uh, SAT finalists than the entire rest of the state combined. We were one smart school, if I may say so. And um, we had a small Jewish uh, 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 group uh, at the time in 1963 when I graduated. But Alan Leibowitz, Bo Leibowitz, was my very best friend. And he was because he was just the opposite of I. I was the token Goya, of course, and in his circles. But uh, we had a great time because we literally were opposed to each other and just enjoyed conversing and uh, discussing uh, various topics today, which can barely be done within the discourse, uh, which we'll be getting into in just a moment. His father was editor of the one liberal paper here, the Indianapolis Times. Today, we can't even have a liberal or conservative paper, it seems. Practically, uh, the newsrooms have uh, have gone, you know, one way. My, 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 my point being that of the students that graduated from North Central that went on to the most prestigious of the Ivy League schools, I would say about 70% of them were our Jewish students. And do you want to know something? Rightly so. They worked their butts off for it. They deserved it. But now we're trying to do it by the numbers so that everybody, everybody can feel included. Do you know, uh, do you know the, uh, the, uh, uh, this, the, the, um, the phrase, you know, if you put a, a frog in uh, water and, you know, turn the heat on, yeah. uh, you know, that it, it, it starts to heat up. They don't know. They, they don't sense it's like different than throwing them into boiling water. That's what I think is happening with the Jews. I think they are behind the curve. They are not seeing what is being done to them, not only through the DEI world, but think about this, too. They are being um, silently tossed aside by uh, educated leftists who they used to be hand in glove in the liberal world because Jews traditionally have been liberal. But now they are being tossed aside uh, as are as are Asians. And we go back to the uh, um, episode we had about about Israel. All of a sudden, Israel is uh, evil because they're white and they're colon and they're Colonialists, and yeah. do you do you remember? There, it used to be a joke. Remember Jackie Mason, wonderful comic, wonderful comic. He's vulgar a, as all get up, but, but no, but but incredibly insightful as well. And oh yeah, I saw his Broadway so. show in the late eighties, and he made he made a joke. 
and yeah. he was very Jewish. He talked like this, you know, oh, yeah, Jackie yeah. Mason. He said something. He, he would do. A, <laughs> he would do a thing. He would. Uh, he would. He would talk about something in the way, and people would look at him and go, "That's too Jewish, too Jewish." Well, that's what's happening now. It's yeah. too Jewish. And uh, you know, yeah, and and, yeah, and what's, it, what's, what's what's interesting is is how the how the uh, Jews and Asians now are, uh, are are being pretty much thrown into the same pot. You know, Stuyvesant High School in in, in Manhattan, New York City, is is the pearl of uh, has been traditionally the pearl of yes. of schools yep. in New York. My brother went to Stuyvesant, and for many yeah. many years until he was well, the smart one in the family. He was the smart one saying? in the family. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, um, <laughs> and uh, um, until I don't know, maybe ten, twelve years ago, Jews were predominant in the school, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it changed. It's almost all Asian now. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm wondering, I'll mm-hmm. bet, I'll bet somebody in charge of DEI is going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Or, or rather, mm. that that's go- not going oh, yeah. to be the case. That they are going to make the case to reduce the number of those of those mm-hmm. Asians. Who, what you said that, that, uh, about the Jews coming from cultures, coming from cultures that that uh, revere um, a learning. success and learning and 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 uh, um, curiosity to to make something of culture. yourself and the culture in the world to make the something arts. of yourself the arts yes the and yes. and all of a sudden that's just not enough anymore can't have that yeah. can't have yeah. that because you know, you, you, the numbers are really more important than that that's right it's painted by the numbers brother that is it exactly in its simplicity you know uh mr jacob savage and perhaps we should invite him on or certainly get Leo Leibovitz back because i'm sure they would have some insightful commentary on our own commentary but he ends that article really saying that in essence there is an awareness and this is literally the last sentence to that article, that this is occurring, he writes, with the full acquiescence of a terrified liberal Jewish establishment. That this is occurring with the full acquiescence of a terrified liberal Jewish establishment should tell you just how much power Jews in America still have. So he is saying, because all of this is happening under that moniker of social justice, which, again, the liberal Jewish establishment has been, you know, uh, uh, eminently involved in uh, across the board, and particularly in relationship to the African-American community and so forth, that now, now they are having to live under uh, 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 this oppression that is taking place uh, within this. Yeah, I kind be, of be, feel being in the crosshairs now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no question about it. And 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 Philip, uh, if if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna move us right along here in just a bit Please to uh, quickly my PS. But thank you because these DEI commissars, you know, just have to put their imprint of equity, equal results upon the university admissions, etc., and the old standard of merit, meritocracy is out the window, and it just it's tragic what's going on. It reminds me, by the way, of a Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote, 
and I refer to the great theologian and uh, the great sacrificial lamb at the hands of Himmler in Germany uh, when he when he made his statement that, that only he who shouts for the Jew can sing the Gregorian chant. In other words, while his nation, millions of Christians, stood silently by as the rights of the German Jewish citizens were incrementally stripped away, Bonhoeffer came to realize that if you claim even to be a Christian and you want to sing your Gregorian chant, you better sing for the Jew and what's happening to the Jews in our country. The same thing that happened there, bit by bit they disappeared. We're seeing it in its, I don't even want to say early stages. I've been listening to some of Farrakhan's statements just the last two or three months, Philip. And this is leading me into my, 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 my PS, which is a glaring example. And I'm just going to riff on it and let you respond of, again, these DEI commissars, the zealots on campus. And I'm talking about a, I don't know how you pronounce her name. I think it's Tyreen Steinbach. It's Steinbach, but T-I-R-I-E-N, Tyreen, Tyreen, Stanford's Law School Associate Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And uh, she uh, helped to promote a conference called COVID, Guns and Twitter, an event with Stanford's Law Federalist Society, a conservative group on campus. And uh, who was invited was the Trump-appointed judge, Kyle Duncan. He is a Fifth Circuit Court judge, and that's in New Orleans. And prior to Judge Duncan speaking, the Dean Steinbach of the DEI there at Stanford Law set out, sent out in advance of the event an email that essentially charged that Judge Duncan had, quote, repeatedly and proudly threatened health care and basic rights for marginalized communities, including LGBTQ plus people, Native Americans, immigrants, prisoners, black voters, and women. And apparently Steinbach herself quoted the charge approvingly on several occasions. Subsequently, the conservative judge, as you know, Philip, was repeatedly shouted down at the event, unable to give his presentation, and when he asked for an administrator from the school to calm down the angry law students, Ms. Steinbach, Bach, stepped forward, proceeded to give the good judge a prepared six-minute lecture on how he was threatening the very safety of the students whom he was addressing. So it looks like to him, and he even mentioned it, it was one big setup. And of course, as you know, Philip, the president, the dean of the university, sent this lame apology to Judge Duncan, who, by the way, has graciously accepted it. But many of the thinking students on campus would like to see Dean Steinbach fired. But listen to this, Philip, and I close here shortly and want your response to all of this. After electing not to fire the DEI Dean Steinbach, Stanford is now advising traumatized students to seek support from Ms. Steinbach. With emails sent by the acting associate dean of students, Jean Moreau, encouraging them to to do so. Apparently, one such message that's been sent to students, it reads, there's so much to process about Thursday's event and its aftermath, 
but the focus of this email is to provide you with resources that you can use right now to support your safety and mental health. The acting dean added, I am so sorry that you're having to deal with this difficulty at all. Please reach out to any of us here at SLS if you would like support or if you would like to process last week's events. Now, Philip, isn't this psychological support system for Stanford's infantilized law students a thing of beauty? They want to shut down opposing viewpoints. They want to shout down a conservative speaker, thereby shutting down free speech. But they end up being the victim that needs tender, loving care. And so I ask you, Philip, what in God's name is Stanford University Law School doing, preparing like this, a generation of pampered, privileged, and yes, activist jurists who simply refuse to do even what the good book says, which is come let us reason together, which is at heart the best of what jurisprudence is all about. What's going on, Philip? Well, as, as you said, this, this, this is Nazism at at. at at its best, uh, you know, they, inv- they invite him, as you said, and then they ambushed him so badly. He's walking on, uh, down the hallway to the class for, yep. to, to make his presentation. And these right. little victims, these victims who need, who need such tender, loving care were yelling things at him, such as, we hope your daughters get raped. Now, oh, dear and now they are the victims. They need, they need to be taken care of because of this horrible thing of, of this, the ab, actual presence of this man there. You want to talk about an institution, as you said, you, you read the, uh, the, the statement from the, uh, from, from the dean or the president of the school, which was, which the was dean just, the stuff, yeah. dean, which was just a mealy mouth, nothing. Well, well, we're sorry this happened, basically is what it was. Yeah. And, and uh and 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 to give this woman miss steinbach a, 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 who you know what i i just saw something yesterday that D, the dei hires are the new mm-hmm. brown shirts the new nazis they whether it's in an institution such as a university or in a corporation or wherever these are the people in charge. This sort of goes on, in a way to uh, Ibram X. Kendi. Remember, he wanted to be a department of anti-racism, and he wanted to be the head of it. You know, uh, yeah. this, this this is telling you what is and what you can say and what you can't say. Th- well, and, these are the great and, DEI people. Yeah, and you know, I I always am hesitant when when we make a comparison. Uh, of course, I just call them commissars, and you're making reference to the brown shirts. But the truth of the matter is, the role seems to be the same. Do you think that after thousands of years of defining what marriage is, that within a generation? It would be overturned and that there might not be 20, 30, 40, yay, 50% of the American populace, particularly the religious, yes, particularly the Catholic, yes, particularly the evangelicals, yes, who may not subscribe to that, have an alternative opinion, and now we want 
to say that that opinion threatens us. Folks, it's a democracy. Let us reason together. Let us have an exchange of ideas. Let us understand where we're coming from different perspectives, and let's hear the other person out. So, Philip, you know, you're, you're, you're right, though. It is like, you're absolutely correct. It's I, like the new by the way, by brown the way, shirts I, I, that are infiltrating themselves into in in, in 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 into every aspect of our lives. Right. I I don't, I, I don't use I I um um I don't use phrases and words um uh, willy nil. I I, I oh, use I, them, I use them with great purpose behind them. I'll give you I'll, I'll give you uh, an example. Uh, uh, Trump. Yeah. Trump. Trump's Hitler. Oh yeah. Okay. Trump's Hitler. Trump's Trump's Hitler. Yeah, that, that means nothing. Because they're not saying anything. This right. is a result of a planned action that will continue to silence opposition yes. and destroy you socially, culturally, professionally. Yeah. That yeah. is brown shirts. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, 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 agree. I, 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 I use my words very carefully. Oh, I know, I know, and I, and I'm just I'm just saying that you know when 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 I see those comparisons, even I have to say to myself, "Good grief, we've come this far that this is happening." And of course, this is what Biden just put in with his executive order that the DEI people are all going to be involved in every administrative program. They're going to be watching out. They're going to be reports. They're going to be ways that you can. You can expose your colleagues mm-hmm. of what they're doing. So I know I know it's true. I know it's true, and it just uh, it borders on the tragic for me. Hey, you got a PS for us? Let's move right along. I Philip. will. Uh, I have a, my my PS uh, being that I come from New York, and my uh, father was a uh, police officer for thirty five years, retired. And by the cap- way, Jewish, Jewish, uh, Jewish, yes. <laughs> and by yeah. the way, re- retired as a captain. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I have always, I grew up with enormous and still have enormous respect for the NYPD. Um, for the most part, are there crooked cops? And there's crooked cops every place. But as, as, as an institution, has been for years and years and years. Uh, well, yeah. this is what's going. This is how bad it's getting in New York. The shocking statistic show that mm-hmm. 240 officers left mm-hmm. NYPD in January and February, in t- just two months, mm. a 36% mm. spike from the 176 who fled the same period last year, and a disturbing 117% jump from uh, from 2021. And here's what get here's what gets me: they are these are people who were leave these aren't people who are you know got their 20 years in get their pension and go fuck's good i'm 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 good i got my money i'm gone these are people who aren't even vested who maybe have been in the police force 15 17 years and not vested they cannot take it no they will not take it it's not cannot yeah. take it they will not take it Correct. and and they are just leaving what what is what what is happening they are, they are being forced to work a tremendous amount of over time and on their days off and also being penalized for minor minor infractions and uh and and uh at at at, at the rate it's going there's going to be almost 1300 early exits this year now a city mm. the size of new york cannot 
keep the peace with this going on. And right. it doesn't seem to phase Mayor Adams. He goes, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, I think it's a big deal. And I think, and, and yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, we said last week how Karen Bass, the mayor, or the week before, uh, the mayor of uh, Los Angeles wants to, you know, reduce the, uh, uh, wants oh, yeah. to lessen the um, the requirements uh, to become right. police. Well, that's going to happen here. And by the way, an article just to finish up on this. Remember what happened in Memphis a couple of a month or so ago, when five oh, five yeah. black guys killed a a a, a, a black person. Uh, and some people said, "Well, it's because the uh, the requirements were yeah. were reduced." Well, it's true. The academy has been more lenient in grading. Students were allowed more chances to retake exams, exams including at the shooting range, after failures that would have led to dismissal under previous rules. As an example, one student graduated the academy in 2017 after multiple allegations of wrongdoing, including accusations of sexually harassing an instructor. And 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 uh, he also two years later turned off his body cam during a traffic stop, et cetera, right. et cetera. So so yeah. the the thing of well, you know what? You do this, this is what you get. Yeah, this is what you get. And the people in the cities, these cities, and I don't want to hear. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, not only white people, black people want police protection, and they want police of the of, of the highest who have the highest uh, uh, amount of training. Well, ab- absolutely. But, you know, you've got your uh, your, your uh, DA there. He's got better things. He's, he, he's got to he's a, a yeah. prosecute uh, a Donald Trump. They got to go after big fish there in New York, right? They can't deal with the, well, with the crime going let, on. Let, let, <laughs> let, me, let, me go, let me go into my hero, uh, speaking of that. Oh, my okay. hero this week. Yeah. Is Donald Trump. I voted for Donald talk, Trump twice. Talk to me. Yes. I voted for Donald Trump twice. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope he is not the um, nominee. I prefer someone else. However, yes. if yep. he is the nominee, I will vote for him. What happened is going to happen this week of him being perp walked in front of the cameras and arrested and booked on a on 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 a on a a misdemeanor that is not even no, it, no one has it's been thrown out in three different three different iterations thrown out yeah. it's been by Alvin Bragg has been raised oh, to yeah. a felony oh, yes. and so they yeah. can get the cameras they are going to arrest Donald Trump this coming week. Mm. Now, he is my hero because he mm-hmm. is the paragon of the conservative movement and, 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 and the, the, the perfect example going along with January 6th of how the deep state is, 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 is trying is they tried to destroy him while he was president. They, uh, I, I believe, had some problems with the with the uh, w- with the twenty twenty election, and now because of the psychosis of Trump yep. hatred, they are going to arrest him this week. He is my hero. Donald yep. Trump yep. is my hero this week. Well, you told me you were going to throw a surprise hero at me, and that is a surprise hero. But the simple truth of the matter is, 
I just saw something come over uh, the internet here from uh, one of the platforms that I look at and saying, if he's arrested, he will be the next president. I've seen that too. And in other words, you you just cannot believe this obsession that continues to take place. But this, Philip, uh, leads me right right into, if I may, uh, my hero, which is John Paul MacIsaac, who turned over the files on the laptop hunter uh, that he left at his shop to the New York Post ahead of the 2020 presidential election, and then he subsequently turned it over to the FBI. They sat on it. The press suppressed it. Hunter Biden has the gall to file a lawsuit Friday against the computer repairman. And I know they uh, he's been in litigation with him. But this latest legal move on the part of Biden represents the, the escalation and everything that, that is going on in terms of the misinformation battle with Mac Isaac. Biden's hired the prominent criminal defense attorney, Abe Lowell, And by the way, he's been issuing cease and desist letters to Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, the Department of Justice, the Internal Revenue Agency. And so I guess Hunter Biden is feeling, well, the best defense is really a good offense, something the Boilermakers, by the way, could have perhaps thought of, uh, you know, along the way. But uh, but anyway, so so here here we have the president's son requesting a jury trial in compensatory compensatory damages from Mac Isaac. So I say, yes, thanks to him for standing up against the Biden machine. And I think we can safely say, don't you, Philip, that this laptop from hell is not going away anytime soon. No, it is not going away anytime soon. And uh, the uh, Congress, uh, the uh, House of Representatives, is 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 going after all the Chinese money that has been that has been uh, given to the Biden family and spread around, uh, spread around to uh, four or five different members of the family, and um, you know, with the big guy getting his ten percent cut. Uh, oh, the, and, the and, and Trump, incredible. And Trump is being perp, perp walked this coming and, and, week for the cameras. You've just got, you've it's just got for to refresh the cameras. Me for- Right. And and for doing what? For doing was he taking money from the Chinese? What what was Trump I don't know what again? he's done. First of all, the person who's accusing him uh, uh Cohen is a convicted yeah. perjurer. Right. And and at worst, let's say at worst this is a, a misdemeanor. No, but they've raised it to a felony. Yeah. And just for the cameras, so CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post can say, see, we finally got him. As I said, I prefer someone else's president, but Donald Trump is my hero. I got you. I got you. I know you. I said it twice. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to think of how yellow moon goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my uh, friends, there it is on this lively podcast today with my good friend, Philip Charles McKenzie. But there is the school bell reminding us that it is time to wrap it up. And, uh, you know, when we have our reportage back and forth, we do realize just what a crazy topsy-turvy world it really is. 
but we do live in a great country, and it's because we have that freedom of speech. We're able to communicate contrasting opinions, and we need that core freedom for a free country. So let's keep it that way. You've got a lot to be thankful for, and I'm thankful for you, Philip. So till we meet again, dear listener, this is D. Paul Thomas and Philip Charles McKenzie. Inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right. <laughs>